And welcome into this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Toronto Maple Leafs podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Toronto Maple Leafs podcast your first listener of the day. For anyone on the Toronto Maple Leafs feed, let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez, the host of Locked On Panthers. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore. FLA Panthers and thankful to be doing this crossover edition of the show with the hosts of Locked On Lease, Mike DiStefano and David Marasuti. Gentlemen, how are you guys? I'm doing well, man. It's a, it's a first. I mean, I, I it's first time I've gotten to meet you in person. So this is well in person on what we do here. So this is uh, this is fun. Yeah. Face yeah. the computer, you know, face, face the computer. Basically, nice. we're. We're seeing face to face from a screen, you know. So definitely, definitely, I mean, we know for, what you meant there. For people who live here in Toronto, to be able to sit here and sit face to face with someone in Florida, we've come a long way as a society. I mean, I think yeah. we can all agree with that, right? Absolutely, De- definitely, we've we've come a long way. And hey, uh, let, let's get right into it, uh, guys. And the first one I wanna I wanna discuss really is. Really, the season that Toronto had, of course, Florida and and Toronto were really battling out for that top spot in the Atlantic last year. Uh, really, really changing that third third matchup between the two teams. And of course, this this season for this past season for the Leafs, I I felt like it was probably one of their biggest chances to finally win around. And of course, this this past season was a lot different than than what happened against Montreal, and really challenged tampa bay to um better than what florida did in round two that's for sure and now there comes a different feel for the gm and the head coach i know mike was talking about how when sheldon Keefe got his extension is like don't be too excited about it it's about seeing what uh he can do with this team and of course kyle dubas just a few weeks ago they say that there's not going to be an extension of for for him going into the season at least last time i checked uh what's the feeling on on the coach and the gm for for toronto well i i'll, I'll take those one first dave um i mean to, to say that they're on the hot seat i think is a little bit much like they're not on the hot seat unless they struggle the thing is i don't anticipate struggles out of the gate i think this team's going to have a very successful regular season the problem is the Full evaluation of these guys aren't going to be throughout the 82-game regular season. It's going to be what do they do in that two-week window in late April, right? Like, that's the problem with, you know, talking about what the situation is with Kyle Dubas and with Sheldon Keefe. You're right. Dubas is coming into the year. He's in a contract year, and they did not opt to give him any sort of uh, extension to this point. I guess that could change between now and opening night, but... Apparently, uh, you know, that that's not the case. He's going to go into the year as a lame duck GM, as they say. Um, but ultimately, you know, there's a lot of pressure on these guys. And it, it's really going to come down to, again, do they have that success in the playoffs? Because if they don't and it's another first round exit, then, yeah, there's going to be a lot of chatter about those guys and whether or not they're the, the duo that could lead this team to the promised land. But ultimately, I think... You know, I, I like what they've done. I think they've assembled a pretty good group. I think Sheldon Keefe has shown improvements in his coaching tenure the last three years he's been here. But uh, ultimately, again, 
they got to perform in the playoffs in order to kind of keep their jobs and, and, you know, get the flies off them over the last couple of years. And, and for me, like listening to Shelton Keith talk about playing Mitch Martin defense, I was just like, Shelton, you don't have to show that the pressure to, of, of coaching Toronto is totally making you go crazy. But no, I, I think he's, they're trying their best to make sure that the focus isn't on them, but it, you know, not not in the places that it shouldn't be, right? Kyle Dubas has tried very hard to make sure that no one's talking about the fact that he is on his last year's deal. It's not going to stop the chatter, but he wants to make sure that the team focuses on the task at hand and not what their future's like. I'm sure some of the players are wondering that, just like any player is on any team. So I I, I agree with Mike as well. Like they've they've done their best to always try to figure out where, why were we coming up short. What can we do to get better? But at the end of the day, it's going to be more so on the players and what they do than I think what Kyle Dubas and Shelton Keefe do because at some point, the the roster you put together, they're the ones that are going to have to carry you. You can't just expect the coach and the GM to do everything and put as much support in, in place. The players are the ones that are ultimately going to have to be the ones to get the job done. Yeah, and... And especially with uh, Mitch Marner breaking his uh, goalish drought from a, a few years ago uh, in, in the most recent postseason, that's an encouraging sign that this is a team that's possibly uh, growing and getting to that next level because I didn't see a sign of, of – of, I, I, I could possibly have seen that last year's version of Toron- Toronto possibly make a possible run if, had they not run into uh, Tampa Bay. Who knows what could, they could have uh, faced off against – against a Florida yeah. had they met in the second round because Florida did not even look good in uh, round one against Washington. Uh, next question I have for you guys is really uh, John Tavares. He's going to be missing some time uh, coming up. I, I, I believe the first two weeks of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, what's going to, what's good, what's going to, what's good. The li- line's going to look like for uh, Tor- Toronto. I know he was playing second line center. And I know there's been a lot of criticism going uh, John Tavares's way after the deal that he he got just a few years ago. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I know that it, there's kind of conflicting reports of how much time he will miss. Uh, you know, Sheldon Keefe said that there is a possibility he could start the season. Oblique injuries are touch, such a tough one to try to figure out when exactly you don't want to rush the guy back and have it re get reactivated and him sit out longer. So they're going to take the right approach with him because yeah, for him to miss the start of the season, obviously not ideal. Cause then he's going to have to play a little bit of catch up, but the original timeline at the time of the injury was three weeks, right? Minimum three weeks. And from that time of the injury until uh, that three week point, he would miss the first four games of the season, which at least play four games, and I think it's the first six or seven nights of the year. So, yeah. you know, he is going to be out for the first week. And uh, to Dave's point, it, it's it's weird because obliques, again, can be tricky if they don't heal quick. It's not something that you can kind of – well, you can try and play through it, but it's not going to work, especially like that's where you get a lot of your explosiveness. A lot of it's in your core. You know, any sport you're playing, your core is so important. So – uh, it, it is going to be interesting to see how he can try and come back from it. Hopefully he does come back soon because I think we both are were at the very least anticipating 
a bit of a bounce back year, uh, more specifically at, at, at five on five, where his production kind of fell off last season and was lackluster. Got a lot of power play cookies, which made his final points look all right. I think he was like 76 points in 78 games or something like that. And, you know, if you don't dive deep and inspect those to find out where those points came from, that sounds all right. But ultimately, a lot of them came on the power play. There was a lot of secondary points uh, that he was able to kind of piggyback off of that top unit off of. But a healthy offseason, we all expected maybe Tavares can go in and have himself a decent little bounce back year in the same way that Steven Stamkos had going into his uh, you know 31-year-old season. So there was a lot of hope, and that oblique injury kind of set him back a wee little bit. Um, in terms of what the lines look like with him out, your guess is as good as ours. They're kind of filtering through, trying to see exactly what works. Today in practice, we saw William Nylander down the middle. I did see Sheldon Keith did say, like, don't read too much into it. We're just trying some things. So I don't think he's going to end up being the guy. But uh, both of us kind of have our money on. Dave, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure we both do. Um, Alex Kerfoot being the player who is going to step in as the second-line center in absence of Tavares for however long he's out for. Yeah, something similar to when Tavares was out in that first that playoff series against Montreal. Kerfoot was the one that was moved that played uh, a center, and then Nylander would be on the right, and then on the left, many are expecting it to be Nick Robertson. Could be somebody else, depending on how Sheldon Keith wants to. He he's trying Engvall to see out there right. today. Engvall back in practice. Exactly. He was out there alongside Kerfoot. So who knows what ends up happening with those lines. He's keeping us guessing, unfortunately. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, and there's only so much that we could read off of what's in practice and what's the what daily faceoff says. Like daily faceoff has Will and Nylander and uh, Cali Yarncrook there. I saw Dennis Mulgan is there, part of the Mason Marchment trade. Uh, he's back uh, with the Leafs. He's got a couple Once of goals to to begin the preseason for, from what I saw. So happy to see Dennis Mulgan uh, is uh, back for. Uh, the the Toronto Maple Leafs and yeah, we, we never talk about that trade on this podcast never. ever at all Armando that's never been brought up not one time <laughs> in the last two years not once and there's never been any Twitter exchanges between our accounts on that either no yeah. never 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 for sure uh, <laughs> th- this is this is one that I I just don't understand the conversation behind any possible rumors of uh, of this of Austin Matthews of, about a possibility of him going to Arizona and two years left on his deal. The cap's going to go up. He He's the, the face of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I just don't get why people are saying that he's going to leave. And I, I, when you talk about how much where, where Arizona is as a franchise being in a 5,000 seat arena versus the biggest <laughs> media market in hockey, like, would you would would it be crazy for me to say ninety nine point nine nine percent chance that Austin Matthews is not only going to be a Maple Leaf for life, but he is going to become the highest paid player in the NHL when his when he's up for a new deal? Uh, yeah, I believe that he will. He will end up surpassing what Nathan McKinnon got um, just a. a few weeks ago I, I really do he's kind of the next big dog who is up for renewal that could surpass mckinnon and then what is it the year after that i think mcdavid's up and he'll probably pass matthews and they'll just kind of start resetting each other's markets from that point but 
Look, I mean, there's this doomsday clock that a lot of people have put on Austin Matthews in the next two seasons. You know, Toronto has two years to prove to Matthews that they can win with this team. They can win with this ownership, this 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 management, this leadership, this coaching staff, this group that they have. They have two years to figure it out for him to sign. I have no inkling that he wants to leave. Like, I get it. He's from Arizona, and that's really the only link that anyone possibly could say for why he wants to go to that place. I mean, five that they're playing in a college rink, a college <laughs> rink for like, it's ridiculous what's going on in Arizona right now. And that's not just for this year. This is for the next three years, Armando, the next three years, mm-hmm. the third year, the season that he's a UFA. So you think that his first season as an Arizona coyote, he's going to want to play at Arizona state. Get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> I never bought that whatsoever. Um, like if if Austin Matthews wants to play in Toronto, there'll be a, a, a basically blank check. What do you want? You're coming back here, pal. I'm not worried about it one bit. I don't think he's going to command like a stupid amount of money, probably like 14 ish million dollars, but the guy's already making 11 and a half. So it's only actually an extra like two and a half million dollars on the cap. That's not crazy to overcome. When you look at the increase that we're going to see in the cap, Two years from now could be up to I think it's what eighty-seven and a half million that it could climb to uh, that year. Two years from now, so that's an extra five million bucks. You have half of it already with Austin Matthews. So honestly, I, whether he's a, a leaf for life, I don't know. You know, you could have said the same about Gretzky. Probably was going to be an Oiler for life. It didn't yeah. happen. Thought Jerome McGinley was going to be a Flame for life. It didn't happen. There's a lot of guys who are you know players for life or for a long time you know Patrick Kane would have thought that he was going to be a Blackhawk for life we know that that's not going to be the case because he's going to end up moving on this year and maybe the same with Jonathan Tace who knows so I I don't know what's going to happen 10 12 years from now when he's kind of in the twilight of his career or when the team you know finally does end up on the other side of the window Uh, but definitely I think while the window's still open there's no doubt in my mind that Austin Matthews is going to be with the Maple Leafs yeah, I mean, it was also just like Johnny Gaudreau was going to go be with the Devils or the Flyers. And he ends up with the Jackets. Right? He ended up with Columbus. Columbus. I mean, no offense. No offense to Jay, but like Columbus. <laughs> Although he, he, he's in England, so it doesn't even really matter. But Yeah. And hey, then even Matthew Kachuk. Everyone thought St. Louis. But yeah. you know, his hometown. He wants to go back to St. Louis. Did you think that Matthew Kachuk was going to be going to Florida? Nope. Nope. Right? Like that, that caught everybody off guard. Mm-hmm. Austin Matthews, though, I feel like he's he is where he wants to be. Right? I don't know where else. Was... He loves the city. He considers it home. Yeah. What more do you need from the guy? And mm-hmm. people are like, ah, oh, it's you know, Toronto's a tough place to be and live. And he goes to Arizona and he he has his summer there. He has his off season there. And when he comes to Toronto, it's business. He's the king right. of the city, and you know he loves it. You oh, yeah. know he loves it here. And 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 the fans em- embrace him. It, the the embrace that that fan base has for for someone like him as well, his caliber, number one overall pick as well. And, and it's it, it just the guys it, got people in the media rocking mustaches because they love the guy so much. We had a reporter, Terry Koshin. Did you see the guy's mustache, Dave? 
Austin Matthews did, and he made sure to mention it. He was like, oh, oh nice mustache. It was awesome. So now, you know, Austin started the trend, and now there's a couple of media members that are trying to even look a little bit like Austin Matthews. They love him so much. Well, you look at that. But we're going to transition over to segment number two, where the guys will be asking me Florida Panther-related questions throughout the from the, their offseason. We're going to discuss that next here on the show. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bet Online, And BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, and podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering info and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, guys. Well, second segment here. And now it's time to turn to the guys to ask me some Florida Panther-related questions. Go ahead, guys. Mike, you want to start or you want me to start? Yeah, I can start because, like, we've talked about this a little bit, Dave and I, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on uh, kind of what went down this offseason in Florida. Like, what's the mood in the city right now when you look at last year's team coming off a President's Trophy victory but then kind of fizzled out in the playoffs and then made a franchise-altering trade? Johnny Huberto out Matt Kachuk, actually Johnny Huberto and Mackenzie Weger out. You bring in Kachuk. I mean, the team's different. They've got some different elements, but are they better? Like, what are the people, what are you saying about this organization, this team going into this season? Like, are they a better team for the moves that they made? Or is this a team that might take a step back from last year? They're better in the long term is is that's my opinion and they're gonna take a little bit of a hit in the short term uh for now of course Mackenzie Weger is the as far as you you're taking your what a number one defenseman away from your team and of course expiring deal he was always gonna see be seen as a rental for the Panthers even if they didn't trade him he, this was probably gonna be his last year with the with the Panthers he was uh, reports are saying that he's going to make uh, like what Hampus Lindholm uh, is making now, like six, 6.5. And there's going to, there's going to be a little bit of groin pains as far as the second and third pair. Uh, a lot of us have thought that Gus Forsling is, is ready to take that next step to become a, a number one defenseman along with Aaron Ekblad paired up. But of course you have a, a, a veteran in Mark Stahl out there who's on the older side and a, and a, and a Lucas Carlson, who is who hasn't played a full 82 game season yet for for the Panthers? So the left side of the defense is a, a little bit of a question mark for 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 uh, the Panthers. So that's really the the part that for the Panthers that's really to keep an eye on, as, especially the left side. But as far as Matthew Kachuk coming in and Huberto uh, being shipped out, two completely different players. Matthew Kachuk is a, is your your ultimate power forward who is not afraid to get in the in the dirty areas right in the slot huberto's more of a distributor way, hangs out on the wings and then find uh, and then finds the open teammate I, I mean just look at some of his just look at some of his highlights from the, this past season it, it's he, he was just three assists off from 
setting an all all time assist record uh, for for wingers uh, last season, just off of Nikita Kucherov in 2019 and Yarmir Yager in 1996. So it, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a different look for for the Pan- Panthers because. But also think about this: Jonathan Huberto is twenty nine. Matthew Kachuk is twenty four. What contract is likely going to look better at the tail end of it? And this is a a, a power play throughout the postseason that went one for thirty one. And the the MVP Huberto was the problem there. <laughs> the 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 main stars were the problem. Barkov is Barkov. It, it, it doesn't get a slide neither. He doesn't. He doesn't. He, he he's he's part partially responsible as well as long as well as Andrew Burnett for not making the adjustments necessary until it was too late. So that something needed to be something needed to have a little bit of a shakeup for this team. 122 points and getting swept out of the second round when they had more more goals outside of winning round two. Uh, Bill Zito thought that something had to happen and that included a trade and 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 a coach. And it's a lot of changes for a 122-point team. But it, this is about thinking long-term for this team. Yeah, because I even looked at your cap situation. Like, that that Keith Yandel bio must be hurting you guys. Because, like, you don't have that bio. You likely can get another defense and that can play in your top four, at least. Because that's, what, over $5 bucks paid out to somebody that's not even on your team. And then my other thing with the Panthers is how they, it feels like the next three years is you guys, I think you traded away your, your first round picks. Like it, it feels like there's probably a lot of pressure on this team to perform because so much has been invested. Now I know that, you know, eventually things will look a little better and you have Barkov and Kachuk around for the long haul, but is there concern about, you know, it's going to be tough to make, it, you know things like better for this Panthers team without a major subtraction again. Like, how do you guys view the you know where the team can find ways to improve with so little flexibility? And to, it, to build off that, I, I think the, the the concern from an outsider's perspective, like when I go to Cap Friendly or if I go to Daily Faceoff and I look at the the roster that's being boasted out there by the Florida Panthers, there's not a whole lot of depth, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Correct. Rudolph Balsers might end up in this team's top six, right? And like he's a guy who couldn't really stick in in Ottawa and in San Jose over the last couple of years. All of a sudden, is he going to be your Huberto replacement or you know a replacement for Anthony Duclair who's injured for a while? It seems like a bit of a stretch. Now, probably said the same thing about Verhage a couple of years ago, and he turned out to be all right. But still, I, I just I look at that team. I, I don't see a whole lot of depth up front, but more so. I know you touched on it. I have concerns about that blue line and that back end. Mm. Like once you get past Ekblad, it gets a little dicey now that Uyghur's gone. And Ekblad's a guy who hasn't been fully healthy for a season in what four, five years at this point. Last two or three. Big roll the dice to to go into the year with the blue line that they've got. In my opinion, I don't know how you're feeling over in Florida about it. Yeah, uh, for for Ekblad, he he's. Of course, he came back for game one of the playoffs. Um, of course, I, I, I'm not going to hold anything against Ekblad after missing two two and a half months. I mean, he didn't even play. He didn't. His first game playing with Claude Drew last season was in game one of the playoffs. So it was just as they got him. And and you guys touched on all the draft picks that they uh, gave up. 
two of those first round pick, two of the four first round picks that they traded, those guys are right now mainstays. Matthew Kachuk, uh, the 2025 first round pick that they traded, eight year deal you got out of that. Uh, Sam Reinhart, um, they they were able to get his RFA rights and extend them. The thing that hurts really is the is what happened last season with trading for Ben Sherat, a 2023 first round pick, which is right now an unprotected pick now for the Canadians. Ooh. And uh, 2024, which is the Claude Giroux deal, of course, putting Owen Tippett there. But they're going to have to rely on developing their, their prospects. And right now, their their first round pick from uh, 2017, Grigory Denisenko, didn't survive the second round of cuts for the Panthers. He's going to start the season in Charlotte. So he might be the biggest trade piece for the Florida Panthers. And Bill Zito's not going to have an aggressive, uh, likely not going to have an aggressive trade deadline this time around like he did last year. And a lot of these moves of buying out Keith Yandel's, uh deal, trading away Henrik Borgstrom, uh, and and also clearing Brett Connolly's contract uh, is really mostly what's happened with the previous management of of, of clearing some of the, the those moves for the Panthers, trading Anton Strollman and giving up giving a second round pick to Arizona because he had a high cap hit as well. So in three years. At, with Bill Zito at the helm, only three players remained from the Florida Panthers when they were in the Toronto bubble just in, in August of 2020. Wow. Barkov, Ekblad, Sergei Bobrovsky. Everyone else, everyone else is, was not on that roster. And the fact that the retooling happened without rebuilding and you still get a division championship, President's Trophy, and you, and you get a first-round uh, win for the first time in 26 years. It's impressive. That, that's a, that's an encouraging resume that Bill Zito has built. So, with the limited cap space that they do have, and I don't wish anyone to go on LTIR. That's not what I wish. But the, with the limited amount of cap space you have, this is the t- this is the time for Bill Zito to get a little bit creative. So, is it more of a "in Bill we trust" type of mantra in uh, Pantherland right now? I I would definitely say so because because if he was able to do. Um, go through that much roster turnover and still build a a contending team then then yes and and even and even this team on paper is still a playoff team are they stanley cup contenders probably so, not so that's but, my question because like last year they were cup contenders like yeah. i would say with the roster that they had the way that they were playing i mean they won the president's trophy for pete's sake they're definitely cup contenders is it fair to say that maybe, and because you, I also say this because you said earlier that you feel like they, uh, the trade that they made, the moves they made in the offseason, perhaps will end up costing them or hurting them short term, but will be better off long term for it. Would you say that maybe what Bill Zito did by making the moves that he's done so far, um, perhaps this is just a situation where he's moving the window back, like, two years and then hopefully in a couple of seasons uh, when guys like Anton Lundell and maybe Denisenko finally pulls through and, you know, some other draft picks can maybe come through at some point, those guys will be ready to, to contribute and Kachuk will be kind of in the middle of his prime in 25, 26 years old. Uh, like is that, and Spencer Knight, obviously another young up and coming stud goaltender. Hopefully he'll be starting to round out into a top echelon goalie. Like, is that how it feels like the Panthers are maybe addressing this year and next, just kind of punting and moving their window from win now to we'll stay competitive now, but I think we'll be better off in two years and we can really go after it again then. 
that's what it that's that's the sense that I'm getting. And weirdly, the in this franchise's history, that them existing since 1993, this is the this is the longest consecutive streak of them even being in the postseason. So this is an unfamiliar territory for the the for the Panthers and their and their fans as well. So it, it seems to be uh, because if if they kept Huber, if they kept Huberto and extended them and even extended Uyghur, their their window could have been only one to two years, and there could have been like a more sense of urgency to win now. And if you have those two on long term deals, there could have been an opportunity for this team to either a plateau or b like go, go fall right flat on their face with 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 how with how those contracts and you just don't have the flexibility uh with 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 those guys being on your team and it's going to be a little difficult uh getting making trades luckily for zito though uh which this extension i did not see happening now uh with spencer knight uh of course they have the most expensive goalie tandem right now in the in in the nhl but in year three of his bridge deal, that's also when Sergei Bobrovsky's no move clause becomes a modified no trade clause, a 16 team no trade clause. So that could be the time where a, a, a move could happen uh, could happen to make him the number one guy. But in in those first two years, if Bobrovsky does perform to the level that that he did last season, then it, it, it's great for the Panthers. It's great for their department uh, because next year, even with the most expensive goalie tandem, there's still $11 million for the Panthers to play with next offseason. It's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I know, I, I found that gold, the, the Spencer Knight contract, the timing I get, you have a young stud goaltender, you spent the first round pick on him, you want to keep him around. It was just, the Sergey Bobrovsky part of it, that's where I was just like, yep, that's a t- that's tough because of how, how much Spencer Knight is making too. But I can see where, yeah, the, the cap cap looks a little bit better next year, especially if the cap goes up. The Florida will get a little bit of relief. So as Mike says, it's going to be, it looks like maybe a little bit of short-term pain, but I think the Panthers also understand that the Atlanta division is getting tough. And they need to stay as competitive as they can because you can't be complacent with this division. Absolutely not. And and what both Sergey Bobrovsky's long-term deal and Spencer Knight's bridge deal all expire at the same time. So if Spencer Knight performs to what Panther fans hope to be, he'll get a he'll possibly double that salary uh, that he has, and it won't hurt the Panthers' cap. And and it'll it'll be it'll be less than what they're making combined on the next deal. So that's really has, has been the hope. And they, they, they were acquired in the same off season, Spencer Knight being drafted uh, 10 days before Sergey Bobrovsky was signed. So it looks like it, it, Dale Talon at the time seemed to have maybe have had a direction with the goaltending department, but Hey, Bill Zito's taking advantage of, uh, of, of the young goaltender, even though the cap hit maybe wasn't was higher than anticipated, but Hey, We'll, we'll work with the Panthers. Will work with what they got in in the next in the next few years, but we're going to transition over to segment number three. We're we're going to play a little game of cosine or no sign, and also speak about the rest of the Atlantic Division and finishes. We're going to discuss that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Toronto Maple Leafs podcast. 
third and final segment here on this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Toronto Maple Leafs podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got Mike DiStefano and David Marasuti here. And let's play this little game of cosign or no sign. And I didn't ask this uh, about this uh, player in the first segment. I wanted to wait wait until until now to ask. So the the goalie that you that the Leafs acquired this offseason. Of course, there's been a lot of questions about injuries. <laughs> and 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 so many t- times spent on on IR like a lot of transactions from cap friendly a lot of them had to do with uh Matt Murray and of course a, a very encouraging preseason so far for him I think I saw 40 yeah. of 45 uh uh so for Matt Murray so co-sign or no sign for for you guys Matt Murray will be the main starter for the Toronto Maple Leafs by season's end Oh, cosign. I mean, he's the starter for the team on day one. And and, and so are you asking me if I think he'll hang on to the starter's job? Both injuries and performance. I'll stay optimistic here. I'll stay optimistic and I'll I'll, I'll cosign it. I think Dave might have a different answer, but I'm going to cosign this one. I, I, you know, what we've seen so far, he kind of just looks a lot more calm. He looks a little bit more poised, polished. He looks more comfortable in nets. And, and I think that, that that counts and matters for something. He looks a little bit more confident as well. And the health, you look at the health the last couple of years, some of it was a little out of his control. Like he was hit with the COVID bug. Um, he got sick a couple of times. And I, I, you know, will there be an injury? Will he miss time at, at, at some point this season? Perhaps. A lot of goaltenders do. Jack Campbell missed a lot of time last year as well, and he was the team's number one. But ultimately, I don't think that um, he's going to lose the job per se. I think that he'll be able to hang on to it, play well enough all year long, where come game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, he's the guy that they turn to. I'll co-sign it. Yeah, the, the only reason why I'm hesitant to co-sign it is because of the injury path. It's not just with Toronto, too. It's also... From his time with Pittsburgh, he's dealt with all that. And the other reason, too, is Ilya Samsonov has not... Mike Matt Murray has been excellent in the preseason. If you look at the way he's played, Ilya Samsonov has not been bad either, right? He's right behind him if, you know, in that order. And, like, they're going to make sure that both these guys get their, get their due. So the Leafs might not have a defined starting goaltender for at least to start the season. I think they're going to give both their both these guys, uh, the looks and, you know, even if Matt Murray doesn't have the same injury problems of the past, the Leafs have had some very bad luck with goaltending injuries, especially, yeah. uh, last year with Jack camp. I mean, there was a point in time where they went right, where- the year before that and the year before that. And, Oh, there's plenty of years of goaltending injury history here in Toronto. So, I guess I'm hoping that the, the trend gets bucked this year. Again, I, I think there, there probably will be a time where he misses, you know, a couple of weeks here and there. But ultimately, I think he'll still uh, be this team starter come game one of the playoffs. Yeah, and I, it, it just reminded me of uh, when you spoke about goalie injuries, about what happened to uh, Eric Schalgren, uh the, the, the day that uh, – the Panthers had that comeback against Toronto and then insert Jack Campbell uh, there in, in that one. 
as well. So I was just thinking about the the, the luck or lack thereof for uh, for Tor- for Toronto. Uh, just going back to just one game, uh, yeah. and yeah. So hey, uh, he's a two time Stanley Cup champion for a reason. I know that in one of the runs you had to have Mark Andre Fleury go- come in for a couple of games, but hey, that's why you have a, a tandem uh, and 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 Matt Murray and Mark Andre Fleury together. That was just a great tandem that they uh had had there and for and what what and samsonov the panthers are very familiar with him as well that he was the as vtek vanacek started the the series against the panthers and then pulled after in the third period of game two and then samsonov finished the rest of uh, the rest so a lot of familiarity that that the panthers uh have with uh with both goaltenders that that's for sure all right, guys. So, what's your co-sign or no sign for me? I, I know prior to recording, Mike Mike said that he has a spicy one for me. I do. So I'll save it and I'll let Dave go with his first. <laughs> so mine, uh, it's a little out there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna see I'm gonna test the waters here to see what you think about the Panthers and whether you think there are more moves to be made with this team. There's one defenseman out there. We talked about how they need a left-shot defenseman. There is a defenseman trying to get out of Arizona, and that is Jacob Chikorin. I know the Panthers are lacking a little bit of the, of the uh, you know, trade bait stuff, trade uh, things that they will need to get a deal done, but I think the Florida Panthers will try to be one of those teams to go and get Jacob Chikorin. Co-sign or no sign? I say no sign because I think – if, if there was a time to if there was a time to trade for Jacob Chikrin, it would have been last season. It would have been earlier uh, for for them. And he's a, and the thing is, Jacob Chikrin's a South Florida guy, uh, so he he's from the area. So it would be so cool to bring to bring Jacob Chikrin home. But the latest reports I've seen is uh, possibly Ottawa as as trying to fill their blue line. And even I saw today that he might even be interested in Columbus to to go to oh. go there. So. So I I don't I don't think that I I would want a Jacob Chikrin here and his and his contract is so team friendly I think it's like three more years at four four something yeah so I, I was thinking it, that it's it's a really good contract for for what Jacob Chikrin can bring but I think with the I think with the lack of assets that they have uh, I just and Jacob Chikrin th- I think this is the season also to trade him how are the Panthers going to fit him. I, I, I just don't know how. I, I just don't see a scenario where, where Jacob Chikrin uh, is traded to the Florida Panthers. All right. Uh, cosign, no sign. William Nylander. William Nylander is the name I'm using. Will outproduce Matthew Kachuk this season. <laughs> how many how many points did uh, Nylander have last season? 80. 80? Matthew Kachuk had a 104. Uh, Are you expecting him to have that type of production again this year? I, I, I see. I think, I think Matthew Kachuk is maybe like a 93, 90, uh, 95 uh, point uh, guy next, next season. There's going to be a little bit of groin pains. Do you guys um, see he came in as the number 19 player, by the way, on TSN's top 50 list? One spot ahead of Alex Ovechkin. Wow. That's no nuts. offense, but that's lud- ludicrous. <laughs> In my opinion. wow, I'm gonna say no sign on that on that one. I just think, I just think with 
uh, Kachuk just coming into his own in at 24 years old, his very first 100 point season. I think this is just the beginning of of his prime, and and I, I and so I just think that it's just the beginning for Matthew Kachuk. He might take a little bit of a step back as far as point production, but as far as what the team might need, uh, they 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 just need a net front presence in front of the net, and they already had one in Sam Reinhart. Uh, Matthew Kachuk is gonna is in my opinion, going to add that extra layer uh, for the Florida Panthers um, five on five, and especially on the power play. And we're talking about a power play unit that finished top five in the regular season, but it's about really translating that in the postseason, And that's really where um, the, the, the Panthers are really looking uh, for, for Matthew Kachuk to just be that net front presence. And Hey, um, you never know with a, with a bouncing puck. And if Matthew Kachuk's right place, right time, Hey, uh, he, he finds a way to score in so many different ways. So I don't, I, that's a 24 point uh, difference. I, I'm not sure if 24 points would, would in just one season, maybe in a few seasons, but as far as next season, I'm going to say no sign. He's I'll say this though. He's never outside of last year. He was never at a point per game pace the way that William Nylander was last season either. So last year was a, a really big year for him him it's just whether or not he can continue it in florida with a completely different situation different system different players different teammates different philosophy i am very much intrigued to see how mac chuck works at near one in florida very much intrigued i'm excited for him he's going to be reuniting with uh sam bennett as well uh it looks like that they're going to be paired on on that second line uh so it looks like they're going to be playing together again. And Sam Bennett has also had a little bit of resurgence in his career, shifting back to center uh, and and being in a top six role versus what he was in Calgary. So, hey, some familiarity is there. And it's great to, that they are starting off at least in the beginning of the season together. Well, how'd they do when they were in Calgary? Sam Bennett wasn't terrific. Yeah. Yeah, so he's a different guy. He's got more confidence now. I actually like Sam Bennett. I'm glad that he's turned his game around and and, and found it in Florida. I think it'll continue. I'm just busting, <laughs> busting your chops on that one. But um, if I were to have said Mitch Marner, though, would outproduce Matt Kachuk, where would you go with that one? Cosign or no sign? Cosign. Okay. Uh, Mitch Marner outproducing uh, Matthew Kachuk. I, it's because he's been with the Leafs for, for a while. Matthew Kachuk's look um, going into a new situation, so I think this was a that's an easy cosign. Yeah, that's why I went with Nylander. I felt like that was the more debatable discussion to have between the two players. So that that's ultimately why I went uh, went there. Anyways, this is fun. This is good. I'm glad we're able to get this crossover done. Um, are we doing the, the like power rank in the divisions? Is that what you wanted to do? Uh. Well, not necessarily power rankings, but like where where do you where do you see Toronto uh, finishing in, in the division as, as far as regular season? They're over under for for bet online has them as one hundred seven point five. The Panthers are one hundred five point five. I think I think it's just about right. Uh, uh, and for the the listeners out there, Locked On will be have presenting uh, later next week all the hosts of whether they think they be, they agree with their over unders. Uh, do you see Toronto as division champions two, three, uh, where do you see them finishing? Well, I, top, think, I think yeah. they end up in the tippy top. 
I, I do. Like, I think the Leafs are, are like, I'm more optimistic about this team's goaltending the most. And realistically, like, I don't know if you know this, or your listeners know this, but this team had 115 points last year. They had 900 goaltending. 900 goaltending was with it. <laughs> so if they get just league average, which last year was 908, imagine how many more games they'll win. Like, their record when they got 900 gold, like, that was their average. But the record when they actually got it, they're like 33, 4, and 1 or something like that. So if they can get, you know, 900 to 910 goaltending throughout this year, I absolutely think that this team with the offense that they have, the amount of goals that they're going to get from that top six, whether it's from, you know, Marner, who's all of a sudden shooting the puck. He had a career high 36 last year. He'll be pushing to try and do that again. I think Nylander's kind of coming into his own. I think he's going to have a terrific season point per game pace. Obviously you've got your, your back-to-back rocket Richard winner and Austin Matthews, who's going to try and break, you know, the, the 65, 70 goal mark that he was trying to chase down last year. And then you got John Tavares, Michael Bunting, you know, like there's a whole bunch of different guys out there. You could put pucks in the back of the net. If you're in Toronto, they got another young kid, Nick Robertson, who potentially could go out there and score some goals this year um, and have himself a good kind of rookie campaign. So, I, I I like what the Maple Leafs got going on. The number of 107.5 seems like slightly high because they've only actually eclipsed that number one time in their franchise history, but it was last year. And I think they can replicate a lot of what they did a season ago. So I mm. actually think that they can go over that number and um, finish the top of this division. I really, really do. And the reason why I also think that too, they do not want another situation where they might play the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Panthers again. Yeah, that too. They realize the mistake they made of not finishing first in the division last year. If they do not play Tampa in round one, I don't think we're talking about the Leafs having a first round exit. So I think they realize the regular season has to mean something because it can make their lives that much easier in the playoffs. Mm. They had a brutal record against teams that were under 500, like a brutal record. If they can win those games like they're supposed to, this team last year, if they would have done that, they would have finished first in the division realistically because they they had one of the best records against playoff teams in the entire NHL. If they can just win like half of the amount that they lost last year against the Buffaloes and the Ottawa's and the, 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 the LA's of the world, the Santos, like they lost a game to, to Arizona for Pete's sake. They lost both their games to Arizona. Now that I think about it, lost both games to Arizona. That's leaving points, valuable, valuable points on the board. If they can get those this year, then yeah, I think they could clear that bar pretty easily. Mm. Yeah, the Panthers uh, also got swept by a bottom feeder Western Conference team in the Seattle Kraken last year. Uh, oh. th- that was one. That was one of two teams to sweep the Panthers. Them and the LA Kings, uh, the the only two. But I also, I also agree uh, with you guys. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs will win the division, the Atlantic Division, and I think a battle Florida in round one will will have will happen uh, for the third year in a row. Just the round one, one year, round two, the other. Hey, let's see if third time's a charm uh, for for the Panthers if they to to get that monkey off their back against their cross state rivals and for the the Leafs, of course, getting their that monkey off their back about uh, about now uh, two thousand four being being the last time they won a a playoff series. So 
hey, th- these are for both of these teams. These are both monkey off their back type of years for 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 these two teams. That's for sure. Yeah. What was the 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 stat when Char retired? There's no longer an active player in the NHL who's lost a playoff series to the Maple Leafs. That's how long it's been since they've won a round. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Absolutely. Mike and I talked that his presence was a big reason for this. I'm, I, we, we think that now that Chara's gone and Chara's retired, now it's time. Like, he was the curse. Now the Leafs will be fine going forward. Yeah, that's what we believe here at Locked On Leafs. <laughs> a thousand percent. Yeah, and we have this on record. We'll have record. people over at Locked On Leafs. And, and, and we have this on record for it, if, it, if it does happen, that's for sure. So, but guys... This was a lot of fun to to record. Uh, thank you guys so much for doing this uh, crossover edition with me. Uh, tell tell the tell my listeners where they can find you guys and your work online. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Uh, you can also find our shows Twitter at Locked On Leafs and uh, Dave. Why don't you tell them where they can find your stuff and also tell them where they can join the Discord as well? Yeah, we have a Discord community. It's well over a hundred people. Pretty active, uh, especially around game time. We're we're always uh, talking with our Discord family there. <clears throat> Sorry, worst time to have a cough. And then you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Morisuti. And make sure, and we're uh, almost at two thousand subscribers on YouTube. So yes, sub up, please. That'd be terrific. And, uh, I mean, we, we gotta get, get our buddy here at Locked On Panthers and make sure the, your YouTube subs are going up as well. Absolutely. We are, what are we like 60, 60 away from, from 2k. So we're, yep. we're close. Our, our goal is to get there by, uh, by, by opening nights on, on the 12th, by the way, can we quickly talk about how the season doesn't actually open on October uh, 11th? Like they're advertising. It actually opens up on Friday in Prague, mm-hmm. Nashville Let's- and San Jose. Yep. I thought those were preseason games up until today, and I was notified, no, no, no. That's the actual, like, soft launch of the NHL season. I'm like, that is just preposterous. They have been talking about how this was uh, the – well, they've been talking about how the 11th was the start of the season. And I hate the fact that, like, Colorado and their banner going up into the the rafters isn't kicking off the the 2022-23 season. It actually angered me when I found that out this morning. Mm. Like, there's literally like, going to be regular season games Friday, Friday afternoon, and then Friday and Saturday night preseason games for the rest of the 30 teams in the NHL. How dumb is that? <laughs> great, great rant for, for the end. But I think Ball Arena had a concert on Tuesday, which is why the Colorado Avalanche opened on the Wednesday instead. And kind of, kind of weird that. Uh, the the NHL is starting uh the season on Friday and Saturday both 2 p.m. games so matinee matchups between the San Jose Sharks and the Nashville Predators but the guys on the on the Leafs feed you can find me on Twitter at Mondoman12 follow the show account on Twitter at lo underscore fla Panthers uh let's help Locked On Panthers get to 200 subscribers let help this little small market team in a little town called Sunrise Florida in Western Broward County. Help them help the the channel get get their subscribers before opening night, and make sure to to hit me up. And also, if you guys ever want to talk uh, Panthers Leafs, 
I, I definitely have, have an open door uh, policy there. That's for sure. But guys, this was, this was amazing. And thank you so much once again for doing this. And I hope to get with you guys again soon. Absolutely, man. There's uh what four four matchups between these two clubs, I think, this season, I want to say. I'm sure we could uh, carve out a time to do another crossover before or after a Panthers Leafs game. Absolutely. I, I can't wait, guys. Thank you so much.